Welcome to Lost Light and Laughter, an uplifting show about laughter after tragedy. I'm your host, Michelle A. If you're ready for some inspiration and laughter in your life, you've tuned in to the right show. It's time to show love, everybody. Show love one time. Strong enough to fight my battles. I know he'll never give me more than I can handle. My Lord, my King, the one that I do. Hey everyone, thank you for tuning in. Welcome back to Lost Light and Laughter. I'm your host, Michelle A. And on today's episode, we have a special guest. We have a brand new author, Valencia Faulkner. She's here. She's going to tell us about her story and she's going to tell us about her new book called The Silent Battles. Valencia, come on in. Tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Yes, thank you for having me. Absolutely. As you mentioned, my name is Valencia Faulkner. Um, I dibble and dabble in a lot of things. So who I am, um, I'm a comptroller for the Department of Defense. Um, then I also have a business called Simply Able Events, where we do um, weddings and event planning, things like that. But right now, I am working on my book, Silent Battles, and a workbook that helps people um, start their own journey to healing after Damn. trauma. Amen. Thank you so much for that. Well, as you know, the name of this show is called Lost Light and Laughter. Talk to us about a significant loss that you've experienced in your life. Yeah, so a significant loss in my life is probably the biggest loss that I've had um, my entire life. Um, I lost my husband while um, he was deployed with the Department of Defense. We had only been married for a year and some change, Mm -hmm. (laughs) so we were still newlyweds. Um, and with that, we were only, um, I would say together for about seven months. Um, and when I say together, I mean, after we got married, he finished a school and boot camp and things Mm -hmm. like that. We were actually physically together in a household for like seven months before he left for deployment. Um, but yeah, I remember getting the call, um, at work. So we would always email um, throughout the day. That was our way of communicating, and it was every day. In this particular day, I was like, man, something doesn't feel right yeah. in my gut because mm-hmm. I haven't heard from him. Um, and I remember one of my coworkers, she was just like, oh, you're just spoiled. Um, some people don't get to talk to their husbands at all when they're deployed. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but this is something different. Like, it right. just did not feel right. So all day, I was um, truly just aggravated and trying to contact him via email and things like that um so I decided to go downstairs because where I work was a secret building so we mm-hmm. couldn't have our phones in the building at all right um so I remember going downstairs and grabbing my phone and I'm seeing tons and tons of missed calls oh. I'm like what is going on so um I see a text in the midst of scrolling through my notifications and it's like 911 like call me now didn't recognize the number so I called it and it was a lieutenant for the Navy. Um, and I don't know if you ever heard of a show called, um, I can't even think of it, but it's a show on Netflix, uh, Military Wise. Uh-huh. And I had watched it before he left uh, for deployment and everything, just trying to prepare myself mentally. Right, right. And I remember a scene in it where um, this lieutenant shows up to the house and she automatically knew what happened. 
Mm-hmm. And that was the same for me when I got the phone call. So I'm I'm on the phone. I'm like, okay, what happened to my husband? Like he's doing all these introductions. I didn't care. Right. I'm like, what happened to my husband? Because there's no reason for you to call me. Um, so I remember him giving me the news that he had passed away. Um, and after that, I just, I don't remember what I did. I just remember being on the ground mm-hmm. and um, fellow coworkers got me and took me back upstairs and everything. Um, and from there, it was just a journey of wrapping my mind around him passing away and trying to figure out what happened. Um, then we later on found out um, what happened. They said that it was um, suicide, according to the report. So that was a lot of stuff that I had to process as well. Um, as to like, why? What was his? What was his days like? What happened? You know, forty-eight hours before. Because as a wife, it's almost kind of like I know what would tick him off. I know what makes him happy and make him mad. So right. I'm just trying to piece all these things together but no one can give me information right um and what's crazy about the situation is with the military you know they have their id um badges with their social and stuff on it they um do blood now um where they won't have to have a john doe Mm -hmm. so in reality they didn't need me to view his body and say like yes this is my husband so that was one of the hardest parts um, about losing him was because I didn't get to see him until the funeral. So it was almost like, okay, is this really my husband? Is he just like out on a special mission and he can't reply? Like, how do you know this is right, my man? Right. And um, that left me in limbo for a while um, until they was able to get his body back to the U.S., um, and get him prepped for the funeral and everything. So that was my biggest loss, being a newlywed, thinking that I'm about to start this beautiful life right. with this man that I love, and it being taken from me um, as quickly as I got it. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm so sorry to hear about your loss. Um, oh, that that's hot. That's heavy. Yeah. That's heavy. Um, and then, you know, even just trying to understand what happened, in reference to suicide, yeah. you know, um, there's so many unanswered questions and it's scary. And it's just like your mind is just going a thousand miles per hour trying to just, is this even real? Mm-hmm. You know, like, yeah. And, and that's what it was for me. It was just kind of like, is this real? Like, why did it happen? This is not what really happened. Um, and I didn't want to believe it. And it was to the point where, um, like I said, we didn't see his body until the day of the funeral, mm-hmm. um, but the funeral home had his body the day before. So I remember sitting with my mom and we're trying to find somebody that can do an autopsy in like 24 hours mm-hmm. um, to ship his body there and have him back before the funeral because I just could not believe that, you know, it was suicide. Right. Um, and after that, just looking out the window some days, like waiting for him to come home because it was just still something that I couldn't believe happened. Right. Right. Oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Oh, I hate that. Oh, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. Oh my goodness. So that's a lot to take in for anyone. Mm -hmm. And I know like you have questions Mm -hmm. that man can't answer. How do you, 
How do you get through it? What? Where's God? Where's the light in all of this? What? How do you pray? What do you pray? Like, what did God, like, talk to us. Because yeah. I'm like, I'm a believer. Yeah, yeah. but I know I got questions and it ain't my husband, you know? So I'm like, how do you, what, talk to us. Talk to us about God. Where is he in all of this? Yeah, so in the beginning, I, I'm. it was almost like stages. Uh-huh. Um, but in my relationship and my journey and speaking with God um, about the situation. So with me um, growing up in a church and always being a believer, it was like, okay, like, God, I need you right now. Like, I leaned on him on it at that time. And I prayed, like, God, give me understanding. Give me peace. Yeah. Like, I have this father that I have to, you know, give information to. And I don't have anything to give him. Um, so it was just like, God, I need you to lead me and guide me in what I need to be doing while this investigation is taking place. Yeah. Give me the questions to ask the military. Um, just give me peace. And then one thing was I would pray that my husband knew that he was loved, um, you know, before he passed. And I always tell people it's crazy to say out loud, like you're praying for a man that was deceased, that's deceased. But that was my prayer. Like, even in your last hour, like, I hope he knew that he was loved and that he would be missed by his family. Um, so during that time, like I really pulled on to God um, and prayed and it was a lot of praying and a lot of um, talking to God. But then in the midst of me doing my healing journey, there was a point where it was like, God, why did this happen? Yeah. Like, why, why did you give me this man for you to take him from me? So then there started to be a little bit of resentment. And I'm just like, you know, I'm a, I'm a worshiper. So I like to go to church and sing and lift my hands. And it got to a point where I would go to church and my hands would be heavy. Like I yeah. could not lift them. There was a point where I could hear, I could see the preacher moving his lips, but my mind was not comprehending what he was saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized at that point when I when I actually took the initiative to start my healing journey, that I had to go back to where I left God at because at no point did He leave me. Mm-hmm. I had to go back and just say, okay, God, like. This purpose and everything you do, even mm-hmm. though this situation hurts me to the core, like show me what it is that I need to do with this situation. Show me what message you have for me to give to your people that may be going through situations like this, people that need to heal. Um, because when you go through trauma and you have a loss, um, so many people are huddled around you at that moment um, and catering to your every need. But when those people, when time passes and those people start going back to their regular lives, you're still left with this heaviness mm-hmm. um, and trying to figure out how to cope with it. So at that time, it's when I'm like, OK, God, I, I'm digging back into your word because I can't stay stuck in this moment forever. Um, and that's when I was pretty much like, God, show me what it is that you need me to do and what I need to say and let my healing be true healing because a lot of times we mask um our pain yes yes get busy and work and that was one thing I did um I threw myself into work so I wouldn't have to sit and let the thoughts start coming in and things like that so yeah yeah oh my goodness I know how is your relationship with God now good 
Good. Amen. Amen. Yeah. I, I during that time of healing was like the only way I can get through it was with him. I say therapy and God goes hand in hand. Amen. Like, Amen. Both of them. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's all good. Yes. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. And that's good to hear because that is that's a lot. That's a lot to take in. Um oh man. Wow. So tell us a little bit more. Talk to us about um, your book. Tell us why you wrote this book, because I know that um, God is merciful and I know you have a story to tell. So tell us a little bit about your book and why you decided to write it. We'll be back after a quick break. I'm comedian David Race in Los Angeles. I host a celebrity filled paranormal talk show like no other. Monstrosity has great guests answering weird questions. You won't believe the combo of celebrities and paranormal experts who've been on this show. I guarantee you'll like Monstrosity, or you get your time back. Go to monstrositypodcast.com right now and take a look. Yes, so um, I decided to write my book, Salad Battles. Um, well, it's about the loss of my husband and it also has uh, three other stories in there. So it just talks about um, ladies that go through trauma and learning how to heal from it, learning how to process your emotions. Um, I decided to write that book because as I mentioned during my prayer time, I'm like, God, I know you, you sent me through this situation for a reason. Um, So what is it that I need to do? And he told me to write a book. So I decided to write the book about how I started my journey. I mean, everybody's journey is different. So um, it's not like, you know, one, you need to do this. Two, you need to do that. It's more of an encouragement of this is my story. This is the pain that I felt. This is how my relationship with God went left and right. Um, But you're never too far from God where you can't go back to him for him to pick you up and carry you and um, get you out of the the mindset that you're currently in. Um, So the book pretty much encourages ladies to start their own journey um, to healing. So within the book, there's three other stories. Um, One story is about um, a lady that's going through a divorce, married her um, high school sweetheart Mm -hmm. all her life Mm -hmm. um, and going through a divorce um, because of infidelity. Yeah. And it just talks about that journey of healing and starting over as um, a 50 year old woman thinking that, you know, I met this man in high school. We're 50 now. Like we're going to be together forever. Like right. we're getting ready for retirement. Right. And then life just changes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's a story about um, a single mom. And it talks about her journey on how the father pretty much denied the child during the entire time within the womb and how she had to navigate that situation mm-hmm. and then the last story is about the everyday woman the woman that everyone think is doing perfect the woman that everyone sees but they don't see her pain they don't see her hurt um and she feels the pain of everybody right so the lady that wrote that story is actually a family member of mine and um she was there for, you know, the loss of my husband. She was mm-hmm. there for other things that happened in my household. But because nothing major happened to her, you don't think about the pain that she also feels doing, you know, the loss and the trauma and the loss of jobs and stuff like that. So, 
Absolutely. It's a couple of different stories in there to help women um, pick out things in their lives so they can read it and be encouraged. Amen. That is so good. And I can relate to a lot of what you just said. So I'm looking forward to reading it. Okay. So talk to us because we, we learned about the loss, which was just so traumatic. Um, and then we talked about the light. We talked about where God was in the midst of all of this in your healing process. And then we got a chance to talk about your book. Talk to the audience about the laughter. How do you go from that level of pain to a level of, okay, I can laugh again. When do you realize that it's okay to laugh and it's okay to live? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I would say one, you have to be intentional mm-hmm. because healing does not come um, with time. People say, you know, just give it time. Healing comes with time. Healing does not come with time. No, it does not. <laughs> that's yeah. why we have a lot of trauma trauma. Yeah. <laughs> it's still here. So obviously it wasn't time that was going to fix it. Exactly. <laughs> Yes, I had to be intentional about it. Um, So, you know, a lot of times after you um, have trauma in your life, you always tend to think about those last moments, right? Mm -hmm. Like what happened, um, trying to piece things together. So for me, it was about changing my thought process. Like instead of thinking about those bad moments, thinking about those good moments where we used to dance in the house and Mm -hmm. um, just funny conversations we would do and dates we would go on. Um, and I would just sit back and smile at those moments. But um, as far as laughter, there's not a certain situation, mm-hmm. um, but it was more of a something crazy could be happening in the world or something crazy could be happening at work or in the store. Mm-hmm. And I would just be like, mm, I bet you he would say this at this moment. And it would just have me cracking up to myself because it would be something quirky yeah. um, that you know, I needed at that moment to laugh and things like that, uh-huh. but you have to let yourself know that it's okay to laugh again. It's yes. okay that whoever you lose, husband, family member, friends, they would not want you to mourn their death forever. Right. They would want you to eventually smile and live again. Um, so that's what I had to do for myself. That's what I I chose to do for myself is be intentional with saying, okay, I'm going to live um, again. So that was that. And then one thing that I think that helped me was with him being in the military, we had to have a lot of serious conversations Mm -hmm. um, before he left. Right. When it comes to, you know, people do pass when they're in the military Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I remember us sitting at our kitchen table uh, we're filling out like power of attorney information and wills and stuff like that. And um, I remember making a joke and I was like, well, um, if I was to pass, uh, like, what would you do? He's like, he would say, um, he's like, oh, well, yeah, you know, I'll to the point where he would still like not get remarried. No, he said he would get married or whatever again after time of like killing and stuff. And I was like, nope. When you marry me, you marry me forever, whether dead or alive. And um, yeah. and for his situation, he was like, "Well, no, if I pass, I want you to remarry. Like, I want you to be happy." Mm-hmm. Um, and since he did pass, I was like, "Man, it's power in your words." And I'm glad we had that conversation because a lot of times, um, at least for me, 
it was almost like, you know, I don't want to date when people start asking those questions. You know, are you going to date again? Are you this? Are you that? And at that moment, I'm like, I don't want to, but I know that I have the permission of my husband. Right. Because we had those serious conversations and things like that. So that was just one example of things that, um, conversations that my husband and I had where I can sit back and laugh or sit back and say, okay, mm-hmm. now I can live. I can be happy because this is what he wanted me to do right amen that is that's awesome and it's really mature to actually have those conversations and I know in the military they force you to have those conversations they make you you know Mm -hmm. it's like you have to um so I'm glad that you guys took it serious and you had those conversations and you can remember you know what he said and what he wanted and the beauty is like you could even remember how he would respond okay like (laughs) You at Walmart and somebody's kid acting a plump fool. You know uh-huh. what he was saying. <laughs> exactly. And you just start laughing. You could be in church and you look at that wig and you like, I know what he'd say. Exactly. That's exactly how it will go. Yeah, yeah. And you can just laugh and just continue to just live life. So I'm just so happy and I'm so proud that you are in a place to even understand and just articulate that you know, and share that. So listen, what advice do you have for a woman that have experienced something similar? Like she's young, just lost her husband. It may not even be in the military. It could be to a car accident or it could be to suicide. What advice would you give someone? To live in that moment. Don't feel like you have to um, put on a smile for others to let them know you're okay. Don't feel like you have to rush back to work and fall into your normal things of life. Um, sit in your feelings, um, but don't stay there. Don't get stuck. But I've realized that you have to feel your emotions in order to come out um, on the other side of it. So definitely feel your emotions, whether good or bad. Um, if you need to talk to anybody, seek um, counseling, seek spiritual guidance if needed. Um, but don't do it alone. Because when you do it year long, you you can definitely get stuck um, in the wrong thought process. Amen. Oh my goodness, that was such good advice. And I just, I have nothing to add. That was some good stuff. Okay. Thank you. You said what needed to be said. Listen, tell the audience where they can find silent battles and if they want to meet with you and just have a conversation and connect, let them know where they can find you. Yeah, so on social media, you can find me um, at I am Valencia Faulkner. And then I'm um, also on my website. It's www.valenciafaulkner.com. Um, so you'll be able to locate my book and my blog um, at that website. Okay. And tell us when Silent Battles is going to be released. Yes. So I am anticipating Silent Battles to be released um, the end of September. So I'm looking for September 30th. Um, for the book to be released on my website as well as on Amazon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Hey, listeners, I want you to check out Silent Battles. Leave a review on Amazon. Tell a friend about it. And let's get this book to the bestsellers list. Okay. I want to thank you so much, Valencia, for coming on and sharing your story and promoting your book, Silent Battles. Um, This concludes this episode of Lost, Light, and Laughter. Everybody show love one time. It's time to give praise. Everybody give praise one time. Yeah.
it's time to show love. Everybody, show love.